Again, happy Easter. Today, I want to give you five reasons that I'm a Catholic. Number one, God has to exist. Proof, snowflakes, dogs, DNA, cheese, bourbon, chocolate, the people sitting next to you, human love, sunsets, sunrises, the fact that we are breathing right now. If it's random, I just can't buy that. I think God has to exist. The world is just too magnificent, and the people that I know are so fabulous. The things that I experience, I'm convinced of God's creative goodness. Number one, God has to exist. Number two, since this God exists, I believe that he is not a wuss. What do I mean by that? God is not a wuss. That means if I feel bad if somebody in my life chooses to ignore me, it would hurt my feelings. I wouldn't just lie down and be like, oh, I guess it's my fault. I'd be like, why is that person not paying attention to me? That this non-wuss God desires to be in relationship is my second convinced proof that God and Jesus and is real and why I am a Catholic. That God is demanding something of me. Number three, the words of eternal life. To read the gospel, to read the scriptures, is to discover a teaching and a way of living that Jesus presented to us that was revolutionary. Turning all things upside down, that this God is not an angry God, but a God who seeks us when we are wounded, who heals us when we are hurting. This is the God who comes to find us when we are lost. It is not the God of vengeance, but rather the God of mercy that is revealed in the life of Jesus Christ. That the people that he got upset with were the self-righteous. But the people that came and said, I need God, he showed them how to reach it. Those words that St. Peter said, Lord, you alone have the words of eternal life. The words of the gospel touch my heart like nothing else. Where else would I go to find meaning? Number four reason that I'm a Catholic. The empty tomb. That Jesus walked the earth is one thing. That he had profound teaching is a whole other layer to it. That he said that I'm going to die and then rise again takes on a whole new character. In fact, a life-changing reality. And so it was that he, as he died on the cross, all the hope of the believers, all those followers who had been looking for this earthly kingdom, just sunk into death. Like a, like a person slipping beneath the water never to be found. Hopelessness entered their life. So deep was that hopelessness that they did not understand or believe the resurrection at first. They had a time and time again, Jesus said, I'm going to rise again. So they find the empty tomb, and they're like, uh-oh, somebody stole the body. There was no light bulb that went off until Jesus appears to them. And suddenly, from their doubt, turns into over-the-top 
desire to tell the entire world about the resurrection. To be an apostle, there was very little upside in that first job description. Go therefore and teach all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Thomas went to India, James to Spain, Paul all over the Mediterranean world. They were beaten, scourged, stoned, shipwrecked, put in jail. They got out of jail, stand up and say, hey, there was a guy named Jesus and he's actually alive now and he was the son of the living God. Jail, pummel, boom. There was no big financial gain from being an apostle. And the church of the apostles is the one continual reality, the witness, the living witness, you and I, to that resurrection passed on through the ages. And the reason I know that is because even though we've had great popes like Francis and John Paul II, we've had some real losers also in the history. <laughs> there was a guy named Alexander VI. He was a Borgia. He bought the papacy. His daughter or granddaughter was Lucretia Borgia. The guy was naughty. And yet in spite of it, the church never fell into theological error, never changed the story of the resurrection, never stopped teaching about the true presence of the Eucharist. We had good ones and we had bad ones, but the ship never fell over. That still continued to preach that message, in season, out of season. When it was illegal, when it was in control, the message never changed. There was an empty tomb, and Jesus Christ is alive. Which brings me to my fifth reason. We don't come to church to worship stone tablets with writing on them. We don't come to worship a book. We don't come to worship and meditate just on a life of ethical preachings. We come here to encounter a person that essentially Christianity is relational. Relational ultimately with the living Christ. You see, Christ speaks to us in the word, and he comes to us in the sacrament. And just like any encounter, we can either be oblivious to it or choose to ignore it. We can be just put our hand up or not even bother to show up. But what I've discovered is that if I actually let Jesus into my life, something radical happens. It's called peace. It's called mercy. It's called not letting me slip like water to the lowest place. I've learned that, that just as our mind, we want to continually perfect our brain in certain ways, and if our physical body, if we want to get better at golf, well, then we go and we hit the range. Perfection is practice. And what I've learned is that in our spiritual life, in the life of our soul, that if we, in fact, seek perfection, we can start to get better and better. And that betterness of our relationship with Jesus Christ, who brings us into the fullness of relationship with God, makes me a better person. That I have the capacity to be wonderful, great guy, and I also have a capacity to be a jerk. But the fact that I have a relationship with one who's calling me to be blessed and to share that blessings with others, and when I have failed, invites me to the sacrament of reconciliation so that I can get rid of that which is not me 
and receive his mercy to be my best self. That it is, in fact, possible to speak intimately with Jesus Christ. He's alive. He's real. That's why I'm a Catholic. Because God is real. And he's not a wuss. That Jesus Christ's teaching moved my heart in ways that nothing else could. And that, in fact, the tomb was empty. And thank God it is, because now I can be in relationship with him. And at every Mass, receive him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And then be charged to go out and make the world a better place. And Lord knows, we need it. Praise be Jesus Christ.